The new San Francisco team is named the Deltas? Huh, I wonder what life will be like for them. Oh, hey, coach. What is this place? What's with the camo? Form up! Men, you've been assembled here because you're the best of the best in the NASL. The toughest of the toughest. You won't be playing soccer for the Foggers. You've been assigned to the top secret Deltas force. We've been called into action in Kandahar, Baghdad, and Beirut. I lost five of my best friends in that last place. Some of you won't make it out of this one alive. Others will become legends, but none of you will ever be the same again. The fuck is this team? Alright, Deltas, just remember that we have new play- uh, trialists first, or, uh, I mean team. So just make sure to give them the same Delta charm you all enjoyed when you were joining. Remember to learn the songs, trialists, and wear your pins when you're training, okay? And, and when you sign your contract, you have to be in a white dress that the Interstellarity Council calls for. Now, okay, who remembers when our founder, Ricardo Jerome, was born? Why do you have paddles? Okay, hey guys, um, sorry lads, we lost all your bags on the way to Ottawa, but we have these awesome meal vouchers! Classic Delta. Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. Bienvenido, welcome to Toughcast by Two United Fans, this is Notch. And I'm Jeff, and we're as fresh as a pine with episode 39. And we are today waiting for the results of the Iowa caucuses. Now, of course, we're recording on Monday night, so we don't know what happened. Those of you listening on Tuesday and Wednesday obviously do. Uh, or if you're listening to this maybe many years in the future, you decided to go back and listen to the archives. Uh, all hail Emperor Trump uh, and, and the beautiful walls that he's built around every city, state, and country in this entire world. I, for one, uh, look forward to our... Um, Trumpian overlord. Yeah, oh, two-paid two-paid o- overlord. It's yeah. probably a little bit better, too. Right? By the way, I, I was wondering, you know, there's wall-to-wall coverage of the U.S. elections on, of course, the U.S. channels, but there's also a significant amount of it on, cha- like, the U.K. media, which I read quite a bit of. And it's and, been going on forever. Yeah, I, I study U.K. media, by the way, to to be better at uh, soccer reporting, because, uh, like, that guy from Seattle who goes off to Europe every summer to learn how to oh, capo and right. fight and win. Yep. Uh, but, I, but I do actually read a bunch of BBC. And and they're covering this a lot. So I just do wonder, though, you know, our po- politicians in America are more popular over there than maybe even some of their pop- politicians might be. So do you think that late in their careers, American politicians go to the to the UK, they sign designated politician contracts and show up in their like uh, House of Commons or the House of Lords? I think it's probably more likely that after they retire, they immediately become television analysts. And you're just going to see, like, Colin Powell is sitting up on the BBC late night, just speculating, remembering his time. You know, it's just like a retired striker, like Thierry Henry, I guess. Right, right, right. No, but I, I think Colin Powell is actually probably the um, shadow uh, uh, minister of defense in England, but he always flies across the Atlantic to, to do defense analysis for Fox News in America. Yeah. And that really pisses off, um, pisses off all of the, the British people. And there's obviously that, that one guy, like... Um, Quaid, vice president, former vice president Quaid. Mm-hmm. He just can't be arsed anymore. He's just like phoning it in. Yep. You yeah, know, posting just, Instagram photos of the Republican Party he has all the like time. F- five recycled catchphrases that he brings out in every episode, and it's like a sitcom at that point. <laughs> By the way, um, our iTunes feed is still fresh, new. It's working. So if you still haven't uh, switched over, which I don't know how you're listening to this, if you haven't, you you probably should switch over your feed at this point. 
yeah, I mean, I guess they could be listening on SoundCloud. And and just a reminder that if you don't resubscribe in the next week or two, the the special welcome price that iTunes has a free is going to expire, and you're going to move into Phase Four pricing, which is going to still be free. Although they could call up DJ Khaled, and he'll call the chief of iTunes to to get it all fixed up for them. The key is, yeah, to subscribe today. Exactly. Don't play yourself. Don't play yourself. Uh, speaking of playing yourself, I really feel like that's kind of what San Francisco's potential NASL expansion team is doing. Yeah, they they went with the name the Deltas. It's been leaked, and there's been there's a really funny uh, parody of um, why their logo looks the way that the presumed logo looks with a lot of uh, just kind mm-hmm. of marketing babble around it. I don't know. You, I think you spent a lot more time with this moniker than I have so far. So, so it wasn't leaked per se because there was actually an official email sent out by the team. If you signed up for their email list on BayAreaProSoccer.com, now they they first revealed that weird logo that everyone thinks is kind of wacko, and then yesterday they revealed that they're going to be called the Deltas. And I actually like the name, dude. I think Deltas really rolls off the tongue really well. People have been saying, you know, there isn't that clear an association. I get that, but Detroit doesn't have lions. Let's just put it that way, okay? Native lions. <laughs> Chicago doesn't have native bears. Washington certainly doesn't have wizards. All right? Not anymore. <laughs> right. right. Maybe back in the day. They, they, they got rid of those wizards. Uh, so, 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 so that's fine. The problem is what they've been doing with the name. Like, you do too many unconventional things, and you do too many things that are, like, new, weird. You need a certain degree of credibility to go with it so people aren't like, this is just weird. And they can be like, this is quirky instead. Uh... The Deltas are coming off as weird. They have this wacko, atrocious t-shirt that says, Hands Off Balls. Do you get it? Uh, it do you, do you, sort of. You're not, you're not supposed to touch a ball in play. Right. And they were also doing some sort of like mock protest. There was like a Super Bowl 50 event in San Francisco and they, a bunch of them showed up with like stuff and they gave like a red card to a, a pedestrian because a guy like dove in front of him. They were holding up signs about like hating on football. It was just weird, dude. Yeah, I saw that shirt yesterday as well and I rolled my eyes and I frankly couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was a joke. Is that is it going to be for sale? Who the heck knows? I uh, hope not. I don't know, man. Like, I've heard so many weird things now about about some of the people at, behind this team and the team itself that I just am... My, my warning bells are going off. I'm kind of wondering where this is all going to lead. Well, it, there's a lot of potential. It could be awesome. Fair enough. And there's no NASL team in the vicinity to really steal from them right now. Um, Peterson's been looking at some West Coast expansion. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But then again, two, three months ago, we were really questioning the Rio OKC move. And they don't have a full roster yet. And there's a lot that's uncertain. But they've made some pretty impressive signings. And from what it sounds like, there's going to be another one later this week. So again, I mean, with Rio, the thing that I've always been saying is we have to see them on the field. And we have to get some games under before we see if that's a failure or not. So I'll give the Deltas a little time to marinate. But uh, it's not looking good so far. It's just looking weird. Mm-hmm. I think the way that I put it online was it skirts the line between uh, unconventional and uh, inexperience, you know? Which is ironic because Ricardo Jaramel has experience. Yeah, he, he was one of the former owners of Fort Lauderdale, although there are some rumors that there were kind of problems there. Sure. But well, there are, there were problems with Lauderdale last year. That was right. pretty visible. So so we, we'll see what happens with Delta. We'll keep you appra- the Deltas. We'll keep you appraised of the, of the situation. Um 
because because it is it is a big deal. Uh, NASL is rumored to be switching to Under Armour balls next year. The Di Fasio, Di Safio. Speaking of balls, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I better they keep their hands off them. Are you? Um, have you played with this ball? Uh, not with this ball, no. But you played with the Void one, the official one. I, I've played with uh, the one that I have is the MLS one okay so i know some people who have the nasl void ball and they really like it so a lot of people are kind of upset that we're switching away and this actually got revealed in kind of a cool way some guys on social media noticed that uh a bunch of the florida teams that had started training early or doing trials were using under armor balls and they started asking questions about it and then empire of soccer saw that and then they have a source who says in two weeks uh, nasl is going to have a new contract for a official match ball from Under Armour. I mean, not as much with soccer per se, but Under Armour is a pretty decently reputable company. So yeah. maybe there's a little bit more sponsorship money in it. Aren't they actually making some kits in EPL this year? Yeah, this was their first year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, first or second, something like mm-hmm. that. So, so it's it's cool. I'm more known than Void in my mind. Than Void, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like like a whiteout. It sounds like a refrigeration company. Or it's like you know, refreshing Void. It's like that one drink that went out of business after one year because marketing was terrible. Or like, honey, there's fungus in the corner here. Bring the Void. Right, bring the Void or call the Void guy and bring him over. And... <laughs> We've got an infestation of ants. Call Void. Uh, <laughs> uh, Minnesota United is actually getting some people in the door officially. We they, they probably had this lined up for a while. We've known that some of these guys were probably coming back, but now it's officially coming out. Justin Davis and Kevin Venegas signed long-term deals. These are both of our amazing fullbacks, and there's a heavy implication in the article that this was meant to be something that goes through MLS. Venegas said something about, I was given a chance before in Chivas, and now I'm getting another shot again. So, Great. Great. I think they're spectacular players. And that's a tough position to fill just from the outset. You know, fullbacks are pretty hard to find, especially fullbacks that play the offense and defense that you're looking for. And they complement each other so well that if they lost one or the other of them, I feel like the other player would definitely suffer. And um, I mean, even in like little things like the Minnesota United websites, profiles in each player, they name drop the other in the, like they are so closely connected that it it would have kind of sucked. Now then again, Ramirez and Ibarra were closely connected and they got separated. But I think that having your left back <laughs> and your right back working in tandem so closely is a great thing. I was actually a moment I think two years ago when both of them combined for a goal where I was like, "This is beautiful!" It finally happened. And they did like, again they, this last they year. They came across the pitch. Yeah, it, it yeah. is really great. It is really great. Um, in in more Minnesota fullback news though, Brian Common retired, and this like. This was a punch to the gut Saturday morning for me because Brian's been with Minnesota for nine years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started his pro career after attending Creighton with the Minnesota Thunder. And he's, I mean, the man is a the longest serving member of our team and a, and a bona fide legend. I mean, he is super popular with the Dark Cloud just because of how nice he is. He's a Minnesota native. Just a wonderful, wonderful human being every interaction. He's one of those guys who, as a pro, comes to our events and is super nice and actually makes an effort to talk to people and get to know them. There's not a lot of players who do that. So I, I really appreciated that, and it's I am personally gutted that he's not going to be I mean, it marks an us. end of an era. I mean, he it had really been does. on that uh, soccer bowl winning team. Mm-hmm. And that was, he's well, like, Gatsmanov? No, Gatsmanov was on the team. Yep, so yep. now he's back. So I guess there's, because it was announced that he is going to be back this next year. Right. So that's the one remaining tie now, though. And even he had a break, but Coleman was there through all of this and through so many right. different 
mascots, so many different stadiums, so many different, you know, and so the, I guess you could say that the common threads through all of this have been the dark clouds and Brian Coleman. Yeah. Who will hopefully be a dark cloud soon. Yeah, I I mean, I'm hoping he's going to, he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to get Brian on the show to, to have a quick chat with him about his career. A lot of interesting things I'm sure he has to share about life as a pro soccer player in the NASL. But um, he, he's going to be a coach of the Woodbury Soccer Club, which I believe he played for as a kid too. So mm-hmm. very, very, And very I think cool. he's done some kind of quick coaching gigs with them before with the team. So good for him. You know, congratulations to him for a hell of a career. Um, he's a yeah, family super man. Thankful. So, yep, he's got, a, he's, he's got a good thing going still. There were some other players who were confirmed to be coming back, so I'm just going to give you a laundry list right here. We have Ibsen. The Norwegian player, right? Uh, yes, Ibsen. That's right. Yeah, kind of strange that they didn't sign the Brazilian who played for them last year. Yeah, I mean, that would have been a good fit. but Although those videos that uh, Minnesota United's been been creating that are really funny, for two years they've been hilarious, so third year they, they need an infusion of creative talent. Yep. So why not, you know? So why not? It's like an Ikea furniture. He'll he'll put it together. Even the, the rotting year. body of Ibsen is better than nothing. Yeah, that's actually their new slogan for the season. Minnesota United 2016, even the rotting body of Ibsen is better than nothing. So Ibsen's back, Sammy Najak is back, Tiago Calvano, Giuliano Vicencini, Greg Jordan, JC Banks, Andre Gotsmanov, Aaron Pitchcolin, who's listed as a midfielder, which is a little bit interesting because last year he featured mostly as a center back, especially yeah. when you're looking at the fall. He's most mostly for Minnesota United, he's played as a defensive mid, if I recall correctly, but he's slotted in for center back last year in particular he's played both positions in his career quite extensively from what i understand Mm -hmm. but um but it looks like craig is looking to use him as a midfielder by the way if you're the kind of person that actually reads nasl press releases this one the last one that announced uh giuliano vincentini and sammy najak is a good example of why you should read the whole damn thing or actually read even the most expected press release because banks gutsmanov and pitch and jordan we didn't know that they were coming back until this press release. It didn't even note that there was like some official happening or what happened. It just said, oh, these guys are now available on the roster. Eee. So maybe they'd signed multi-year deals or for Gotsmanoff an 18-month contract, but we just didn't know that? Yeah, Gotsmanoff for sure has probably signed a new deal because he had, he had signed probably a short-term contract last year. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know that for a fact at all. So It's either that or he signed a year-and-a-half-long deal, which just, happens sometimes. I've seen this happen a couple of times. And, and we'll get on to another piece where um, with the FC Edmonton signing that they announced, they actually released a guy named Michael Noni, who had been kind of a squaddy last year. But again, it was like the last sentence of the thing. Like, Wouldn't it suck if that's how we found out? Like He was reading, he's like, oh, cool, new teammate. This is awesome. <laughs> By the way, you've been cut. Oh... And that's just it, just closes the Chromebook and, like, looks out a window for a while. <laughs> With a glass of scotch, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so by the way, there's some... There's some so, so, they start training, Minnesota does, tomorrow. We're going to be at the first training session, hopefully, if the snow isn't too bad. And there are going to be some interesting trialists there. Yeah, there's three that are listed. They were brought in by Alex Bunbury, who is known mostly to Minnesotans. He's known as the father of Teal Bunbury, who's an MLS player. But Alex played in, I believe it was 99-2000 with the Kansas City, then Wizards, because there also are no longer Wizards in Kansas City. Now they're sporting. So, uh, much like Washington in that front, they brought in three guys who are going to be trialing over the next couple of weeks, so I'm curious to see them. One is uh, Daniel Wilson. One is Julian Wade, who played for a team called Slingers with a Z, FC. Which is just great. They had a friendly against the River Hounds, I heard. Hounds is, 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 is. Yep. Right, exactly. And then we have American Brandon Beresford. The one that I'm most excited about is Julian Wade. 
Uh-huh. He's a 25-year-old. He's a striker from the Dominican Republic. Um, the publication, which is the Guiana Chronicle, I believe mm-hmm. it was the Chronicle was their term, um, listed him as the best forward in the Dominican Republic. Nice. And I can't really name a second best striker. <laughs> like, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell yeah. you a single one all See, time. We, last last time, we, we alienated all of our management, uh, hotel management, resort management right. uh, listeners. Now we've just alienated all of our Dominican Republic listeners. Well, what's left? Jeff, why are you doing this to me? Come on, man. It's cold, I'm trying to man. get sponsors here. He's, uh, he's looked pretty impressive. I saw yep. a couple of his highlight packages, and he looks pretty comfortable on the ball. Mm-hmm. Good, elusive dribbling. Um... I didn't see him, like, do any headers, which is the thing that I keep saying we need with some of our forwards because, uh, I mean, Christian is still working on it, and uh, he, he mentioned in an interview during the offseason that was going to be the number one thing he was looking at. So we'll okay. see. Yeah. By the way, which one is the knockoff Ronaldinho? <laughs> the knockoff Ronaldinho is Brandon Beresford. Oh, he, he's the guy who had, like, the hair and the face and everything. The hair and the face. Ronaldinho also, by the way, has a hair and a face. One hair, a single hair. And uh, yeah, so no, they look very similar in their pictures. So look forward to that if he makes the team. It's going to be really exciting. One other guy with luscious locks that is confirmed to be on the team is Brent Coleman, which is Brian's younger brother. Poker star Brent Coleman? That's the one poker star Brent Coleman who just won 17 grand in a poker tournament this last weekend. Yeah, he might just retire like two games in and be like, guys, I'm off to like play the poker world tour. He his poker face, by the way, intense, dude. It was photo of it, and he was repping the United hat, right? The, exactly. the nice Ebbets hat that they came out with last year. Love those hats. All of his opponents were just like, "That's a sweet hat, dude." Oh no, I didn't bluff this round. I was distracted. That's how poker works, right? That is how poker works. They stare into the red eye of the loon, and you lose. Exactly. That was his slogan. Um, he's back, and I'm really excited about that one. Center um, back, center back. So the roster that we got today in the email lists one goalkeeper. So Andrew Fontaine is not back, who was the third string. And Mitch Hildebrandt, we already knew, was off to FC Cincinnati. So that's Sammy. And then we have four defenders right now, if you're counting Pitch Colon as a defensive midfielder. So what I like about Coleman is he brings a skill set that I didn't see with Tiago and Aaron Pitch Colon, or Cristiano Diaz for that matter. And he is much more of a front foot defender. So whereas the other ones are better in the box and just kind of recovery defense and being able to knock the ball out, he is good at, I mean, winning headers and attacking just out the outside of the box and just stopping attacks when they're coming from. And I think he's much more aggressive, which is something that, frankly, I think this team could use. I would love to see him be a regular starter, at least for the spring, and see what we've got. Me too. Me too. I, I've always rated him. By the way, a few former NASL players have uh, newer destinations that we've heard about. Stefan Duru, the uh, lamest NASL signing ever, as we've joked about a few times on the show, <laughs> is now with the Milwaukee Wave. He was a Scorpion last year. As is Hans Dennison, who... I think several years ago was um, one of the top scorers in the NASL, as they're calling. And I forget who he was signed with. I think he was signed with the Cosmos this last year. Uh, but he, he had also been to the Scorpions. Anyway, he's also at the Milwaukee Wave, who are, I believe, an indoor team in Milwaukee. Uh, also the place that J.C. Banks spends some of his time with as well. Hmm. Uh, Minnesota United's J.C. Banks. As of Friday, Christian Ramirez, Minnesota United player, was tweeting about how Junior Bogos doesn't have a team and how that's super weird, and I completely agree. The man is amazing. I cannot believe he hasn't signed a contract yet. He's a really good number 10. I think yeah. that there's... I can't think of many teams that couldn't use him. That's. I think that's the confusing part about this all, is if he's staying... Maybe he's looking to leave the league. Maybe he That's does the Puerto only Rico. thing I can think of. Or, yeah, or something. Or maybe he's holding out for Puerto Rico. 
we we'll hear about a little bit about them, but they're basically gonna announce some players next month. So maybe maybe he's just gonna hold out for that. But it's hard to take like six months off, man, and, well, well, and wait. My guess is that Stefan Derue and um, Hans Dennison are not looking to make a career at Milwaukee. That's just kind of to keep them fresh, so that if they can sign a contract, maybe something like that. But he's not in Milwaukee. That's all we know, thanks to Christian. Right. Um, we also heard that Kyle Highland has signed with Oklahoma. Yeah, not Ryo though. He signed right. with the Energy. Yeah, Kyle, so we've Kyle already was, seen our rivalry. He, he was the dude who scored that like spectacular goal for Indy from outside of the box, uh, long range. So, so, so a few few former NASL guys, and some new NASL guys, and probably the biggest signings of this offseason. Let's be honest. New York Cosmos signed two Venezuelan national teams guys. One of whom is actually the captain of the team and this legendary free kick free kick taker named Juan Arango, um, who's nicknamed the Special One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's There's, awful. I, I googled him to look for that those some of his free kicks and if you go to images there's like a desktop that you can set for your computer that says the special one in a huge font with a picture of him like overlooking a field. It's just the cutest thing you've ever seen. So, anyway, the special one is here. By the way, there were these uh, two twins I knew in, in school. Uh, names were Juan and Amal. And what we used to say, they were identical twins. So, you'd say, if you've seen Juan, you've seen Amal. <laughs> um, so, anyway, this guy's 35. He's played for Borussia, Mugladbach, Tips Fedora, uh, Mallorca, Puebla, Tijuana. I mean insane pedigree this guy is really freaking good he's well known to the south american soccer community for sure um quite a few people in the bundesliga still remember him very fondly as well mm-hmm. but there's another dude Johandri orozco yeah Johandri orozco who is 24 years old he's a winger i'd actually first heard about him this winter when fc dallas wanted to sign him it, it looked like that was actually going to happen one of their technical directors had known orozco from a pretty young age and trained with him in venezuela for a while but he chose the Cosmos over a contract with FC Dallas, and he's a 24-year-old winger. He played for Wolfsburg for a while in Germany, and then came back to Venezuela to play with one of the teams in their league called Deportiva Tachira. He's five foot four. That's exciting. He's so you won't be able to ride any carnival rides. No, sadly, no going to Coney Island for him. He'll have to sit in the car. It's going to be really unless he likes the hot bad. dogs or the Coney Island girls. Uh, well, I mean, the hot dogs might be taller than him, so who knows? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, um, it, it's pretty exciting. There was there was some weird controversy though about his jersey number. What was that about? Yeah, I he, didn't see that. Yeah, he um he was given jersey number nineteen, and at first you're like, yeah, okay, but that was the the jersey that Senna wore the last couple of years and then retired. And there were a lot of Cosmos fans that wanted them to either retire that jersey number or to hold off a year or two before giving it to another player. Mm. Now I think if you're if you think that there's if you think there's something special about the Cosmos 19 jersey, then you want that to be with your best signing. And frankly, he's going to be their best signing for the next few years. You Let's know, see. Juan Let's Arango see. is going to be really good for this year, but I think Orozco, if he stays with the team, is going to be a great signing. So yeah. I don't know. I don't think you pledge allegiance to a jersey number. You pledge allegiance to a player individually. Yeah, and, and Louis with Cosmos Country would tell us that Senna was a truly, truly special player who the Cosmos fans saw 
in even a brighter light than Raul because of how awesome he was with their community. So, mm-hmm. so I, I can see where some of the, some of the annoyance is coming from. Raya OKC. Um, first of all, their preseason schedule is going to be announced tomorrow. No spoilers. Or if you're learning or listening to this years later, tomorrow they're going to announce how they're going to form an entire league of subsidiary teams called Rio LA, Rio Chicago, Rio New York. Um, and we all live in a Rio world. And they, uh, the the league name is a uh, Rio Hope, right? Exactly. Cool. Uh, they are going to sign also on Thursday. They're going to announce the signing of a quote-unquote Hispanic World Cup veteran. Hmm. Who do you think it's going to be? There's some rumors that it's going to be Marvin Chavez. Both him and Eric Norales, both Hondurans who played for the national team, are rumored. Marvin Chavez with the 2014 World Cup. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, I mean, they've done well not to overhype much with this i mean even when they signed Derek boateng you didn't have a wait five days and you'll see this but we heard about this on like saturday or sunday that they're gonna have this press conference on thursday today they, they announced it about two hours ago it's been a long day man it really has been <laughs> yeah so so we'll see i mean you think it's gonna be someone who's slightly more hyped than chavez would be you know since they're doing the special thing but who knows we'll see uh one thing that i think is super super cool though is they signed billy forbes i am bummed he's not gonna be with minnesota but Oh my god, that is huge for them. I mean, yep. no surprise, he played for Marcina last year. So, Billy Forbes' watch is over. They're also, um, they, they signed Tennessee natives Caleb Patterson-Sewell and Tyler Gibson. Yeah, Patterson-Sewell is uh, 28 years old. He actually used to be something of a prospect up-and-coming for the national team. And then, um, I think his career kind of took shape. And then we saw what we had there. Um, he's 28 years old, though, so they could get a pretty good cycle out of him. He played with the Red Bulls for a spell and then also spent a season in Portugal with Atletico CP. Yeah, not so, not not bad. Not bad at all. No, and I mean, again, at 28, I think that that's a pretty solid yeah, pickup. Yeah, solid, solid. Yep, and then Tyler Gibson um, is a center midfielder or right back, depending on what you're playing. Uh, he played with the Scorpions last year, so he already has some experience surprise, with the league, and surprise. he's played with Billy Forbes. So I don't think he's going to be that much of a standoff, but we'll see. Yep. Uh, Puerto Rico FC had an article in the Telegraph because, you know, that's what you do with NASL. Mm-hmm. You have articles in English newspapers. Of course what? you do. Anyway, uh, they said that they want to make a big statement with their first few signings, and they're um, going to be announced next month. It, it, it also, Bill Peterson said in an Empire of Soccer article that there are still some issues to be sorted out between where, whether Puerto Rico FC is going to be able to play for a CONCACAF Champions League spot. Because, of course, Puerto Rico has its own league that fights for a CONCACAF spot. Uh, PRFC is not in that league. They're in the NASL. So there's some issues with the Puerto Rico Soccer Federation and CONCACAF that need to be sorted out. Mm-hmm. There's also word that they're going to start trials soon. In Miami, we've seen signing a bunch of guys who are trialists to them. So so this could be this could be big. Puerto Rico might actually have some really good guys who are kicking around over there and uh, would, would make for some good local talent. Uh, moving right along to the Carolina Railhawks, the Triangle Soccer Fanatics, their supporters group, who are... Pretty cool, pretty cool people, long-time soccer fans, um, have some pretty good relationships with people in the dark clouds. Uh, they were named Philanthropic Supporters Group of the Year by the Independent Supporters Council, which is this uh, umbrella group for supporters that has representatives from uh, USL, NPSL, um, NASL uh, supporters group. So, so pretty cool. But on that note, Jeff, we are going to take a quick break and come back. There's a bunch of other stuff to talk about relating to some Bill Peterson stuff, some pretty interesting news. So stick around. 
And welcome back to Toughcast. We have a lot of stuff to talk about and not a lot of time, so some of this is going to have to go pretty quick. One of the things that happened this week that had a lot of people scratching their heads was Adriano Ribeiro, who is a Brazilian player, national team, who's played in the World Cup, played for Inter uh, Milan, I almost said Inter Miami, (laughs) which is the team name that everyone wants, Miami, Beckham, United, FC City, Atletico Sporting to to, to have. Anyway... uh, Adriano signed for a Miami team, and everyone's like, is it NESL or MLS? No, it's actually NPSL's Miami United, which he's bought a stake in. So I think he bought a 10% stake, which means he gets 10% of the revenues for a NPSL team. Hmm. Why? Although maybe, like, based on the outpouring of Twitter, on Twitter, some of his fans might actually buy his NPSL jersey. So everyone is scratching their heads wondering, what the heck is going on? Anyway, it turns out he is seeing this as maybe a way to come back in a soccer career and maybe get an uh, MLS job. Do you think that he looked and he was looking it up and said, oh, the Miami team in the NPSL, but someone had like taken a Sharpie over the P and written an A. And so he thought he was (laughs) signing with a new Miami FC team and was like, oh, this will be a great way to get to MLS. I'm in the second division. Now he's in the fourth division. Considering he spent $4 million, probably not, uh, I would hope. But some of his partying track record maybe implies that maybe that's not... Uh, that's not out of the realm of possibility. But he does look like from photos and stuff, he's getting much fitter and he looks like he wants to have a true comeback. And just jumping down a little bit in the notes, I want to talk about something quite similar, which is Freddie Adu had actually an article in Goal.com about something very similar. So Adriano hasn't played a competitive game since 2014. Freddie Adu had maybe like two terrible years before he signed for NASL where he hadn't played a lot of really good soccer. Uh, in this article, he talks very candidly, very humbly, Uh, about his career so far he says how he basically took a lot of the blame for for the failure of his career today how he wasn't sometimes as dedicated as he should be he talked about how when he was playing for the union he wasn't the kind of role model he wasn't showing the kind of dedication that he deserved earning designated player money he wasn't a good model for the young players so that that's super that's super candid you don't hear players say that kind of stuff often the only other guy i've heard express that kind of thing candidly uh, myself is Jamie Watson when he was interviewed by the Denard Football Show right after he signed for Minnesota he he talked about again how he was revitalizing his career and that's what Freddie wants to do sounds, with the Rowdies he wants to do it sounds like uh, baby Freddie's grown up it really does um, yeah I mean he also mentioned that the level of play in the NASL is higher than he'd expected having played in MLS so that's cool to hear too but I Good for him. You know, honestly, good yeah. for him and good for the league to have him too. Good for Tampa Bay on the field to have him. They definitely looked better when he was on the field than when he was off or before he had signed. So, good yeah. to see. Yeah, he, he's he's in his mid-20s. So, if this is actually his attitude and, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in actions over words. So, we'll see in a couple of years. But if, but if this is the way his career actually goes, I can see big things for him if he's actually this uh, committed. But moving back to Empire of Soccer, they actually published a variety of articles with Bill Peterson, uh, a conversation with him, talking about a lot of different topics. And so I'm just going to try to give you as much of a summary as I can. The first one that they touched on was um, NASL's involvement with traffic. As you know, traffic was involved in the FIFA bribery scams and and their Aaron Davidson was indicted federally. He was the head of Traffic USA. The guy who was in charge of Traffic Brazil was indicted. Uh, traffic also early investors into NASL, so they were one of the key kind of push uh, behind creating the separate league and breaking away from USL. So as you can imagine, there's a strong relationship in in 
in the fact that they, they own some of the shares. There's a distinction between class A, class B shares. I'm not going to bore you with the specifics right now. Just suffice it to say, they are entitled to a little bit of influence from what Empire of Soccer understands over the league's long-term decisions. How much mm-hmm. they're exercising, we don't know. Bill Peterson says they're winding down that investment. They want to cut it down, but it's going to take time. Yep, and one of the big things that they did have control, people who would have those kind of shares, is how much an expansion fee would be for new teams entering the league. And so, especially as Peterson and the rest of NASL is looking to really grow the league, I think they're going to want to be able to set their own expansion fee. And so being able to buy the full rights to that and get out traffic, which there are some other problems with towards the middle of the year that we found out about. So it makes perfect yeah. sense with that too. They are trying to pay out all of their other initial investors and just... Um, I don't know who their other pe- the people owning the shares at that point will be, but th- there was some other quotes in there too. Uh, Peterson and the NASL owners apparently were really they they knew that the Scorpions wanted out or yeah. Gordon Hartman wanted out, but they were apparently caught off guard by the the press conference that the 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 I think it was the county through with uh, Spurs Entertainment Spurs, about yeah. the stadium being sold to them. That was like a big shock. So apparently it took a lot of people by surprise, which explains, as someone on Twitter mentioned, why Gordon Hartman wasn't there at that press conference. Mm-hmm. So it, them being caught off guard like that explains why the league was able to take such a hit. I think if they knew more about how immediate the threat was, maybe they would have acted a bit more about getting a new owner. And I think there would have been more potential there to get a an, an owner for NASL than a say a place like Atlanta where there was an NAS an MLS team present threatening a, a, a potential investment you know scaring away investors so so that was that was an interesting little little tidbit there was also well. a bit in that that I'd read where they were trying to sell the rights to the Scorpions moniker and a couple of the other team I mean kind of branding things to Las Vegas right they looked into it and then they, it just it was such a compressed timeline that there was no way they were going to be able to get a smart investment on that and, and that's something we've heard this league say often which is that unless everything is right they're not going to do it this is not usl where it's like expansion city and like the wild west of expansion which they've been hopefully slowly changing who knows but um nasl has taken a more con- careful considered approach uh, deltas, <laughs> deltas, yeah, um, and a little careful and considered too. I mean, they're they're looking at meeting with a new group for Atlanta. That's shocking to me. That yeah. that that I fell out of my chair when I read that. Well, you did. I had to help you back in. It was kind of terrible, <laughs> but yeah, it, it makes sense to me that if you're going to try to get an NASL team in Atlanta, this is the year, or else it's done. I mean, once the MLS not, not team for this comes year. in, this is for this is for this is for next year. This is not not for twenty sixteen. Sixteen, but seventeen, right? But you need to lay the groundwork right away, and right? You need to be able to building up the groundswell so that they kick off at about the same time. Because if you wait until a year, two years, five years after Atlanta United, yeah, comes into the league, you're done. That's yeah. it, and it's going to be very tough. Now, I mean, we're seeing also that there's a little bit of trouble getting it in Chicago, but they're working on it. Uh, no, no, no signs of trouble. They just, they just said that we have essentially Bill Peterson asked about it and said, we've got some great people who are interested, you know, Peter Volt's over there too. He's got a lot of great experience, you know, kind of a fluff piece, uh, PR response that he gave to that question. Um, so no, no, no signs of any issues. Uh, what he did say was about, he had a kind of a quote about the supporters trust, you know, the sting supporters trust is kind of a push to have this team be supporter owned. And he basically said from a business standpoint, that gets really complicated in America. Uh, now we know that the Packers have done something like that. 
so there is potential there's there's uh some experience in, in the sports landscape but we we don't know if it's going to be possible based on what the NASL wants to do and of course it makes things a little bit easier for owners when there aren't pesky fans trying to help you and i'm being very sarcastic when i say this um but but it is true from the owner standpoint they'd love to just own the whole team entirely oh no doubt but fewer people at the meetings easier to make decisions within the team as well right but i think it's great for the sport to have supporter owned stuff we also see in usl's uh s2 sounders too who are supporter owned so hopefully we'll see something latin in asl yeah and Uh, then Moving ahead with that too, um, they're they're looking at a few major things. So they're looking at television. They want to be able to secure something that's a little more stable than ESPN three, which was a great boon to them this last year to be able to actually get them on. They want revenue. Yep, but they want money out of it, and that's right. not giving them that. So they're looking for that. They're obviously looking to keep sponsorship, keep licensing, and everything like that. Keep those growing so that there's right. money in the league, so it doesn't fade. Right. You know, because right now it's growing and growing, and you don't want it to subside. And, and this is now the point, right? Like, you've got some big names coming in. You're getting more international attention. The the, bo- the ball is starting to roll and, and gather. The snowball is starting to become a little bit larger as it goes down the hill. And, and you want that to turn into an avalanche. So it makes total sense that the NASL now is the moment to start focusing on that. What that might mean for some NASL fans, though, is that maybe in, in, in the future we won't have free streaming anymore, man. Yeah. We, we might have a system like MLS Live with blackouts. Who knows? Um, hopefully better than the old NASL life, but still, um, there, there, there's more to come. Under Armour fits into this, basically. Well, the good news is, if they're looking to keep high-profile players in the league, if they're looking to make sure that there's fan interest, they brought back the Scottish Frank Lampard. <laughs> yeah, I found I found the video of when Nikki Peterson was uh, Nikki pa- Nikki Patterson was unveiled for the Ottawa Fury as their very first signing ever in uh, November 2013, and Mark Dos Santos basically said, uh, "I would say that he is a, a, at a at a lower level, but he's he's just like Frank Lampard, <laughs> just like Frank Lampard, exactly." Yeah. And we all saw that um, because I mean, he, he missed half of a season, just like Frank Lampard. <laughs> Oh, that, that's a that's a low blow. He tore in his ACL case, last I mean, year. that's a very low blow because he did right. tear a leg like a mint. So, yeah. quite a low blow. Um, but he played with Ottawa for their first two years. Um, he's 31 years old. He's a yeah. midfielder from Scotland. Fury um, Fanatic really likes him. Yep. And uh, we, we've seen him before. So, he is going to be in the campaign for 2016. Speaking of NASL expanding and becoming bigger, Tampa Bay Rowdy's owner, Bill Edwards, they had this big announcement of a preseason tournament that they're going to have with uh, Philadelphia Union, DC United. Uh, by the way, wait, is that DC United or Minnesota United? Atlanta United? Atlanta United? I'm so confused. Is it Manchester United? United? Too many Uniteds? Ah! We need to cut it. We need to cut it. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, so, yeah. So, it's it's Philadelphia Union, DC United, NYCFC, NYRB, Toronto, and Montreal. All these big NASL teams coming over MLS. to... Oh. They're all the big MLS teams. The, the, so, uh, it's not the Cosmos. It's New York City, and then it's the Red Bulls are the right, two New right, York right. teams. So, cool for them to be able to bring that in. And then if you really want to fuel some of those, they have some MLS interest rumors. Right. They want to expand L Lang to 18,000 seats. Yeah, basically, Bill Edwards at the press conference says, I want to do this. And immediately people are like, oh, he wants to go MLS. And uh, uh, a, a bunch of people, including Jake Nutting over at Empire of Soccer, who was pretty big in getting that Bill Peterson stuff out there, by the way, with Dave Martinez over there. <laughs> so Jake Nutting says, from what I know, from how I've met him, that is not going to happen. Like, he is adamant that Edwards likes the NASL model, that he wants to to, to stay in that... Um, 
in that league. And I've heard a few other people, including Jason Brzezikezi from Ralph's Mop, say the same thing. But who knows? So there hasn't been a mutiny yet. <laughs> the mutiny, of course, being the old MLS team in Tampa Bay. Right. No mutiny yet. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so so we will see what happens. But kind of cool to see maybe potentially NASL or at least they're already getting an 18K stadium. Mm-hmm. That's going to be and, awesome. And uh, in order to try to fill some of those seats, they brought in a former Bundesliga player, 31-year-old. No, 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 don't, don't do that. What? They, I don't think the Rowdies did that. In their press release, Michael. So, so they got a guy called Michael Langer. He's a 31 year old Austrian, and he played one match in the Bundesliga, exactly 90 minutes. Okay, mm-hmm. he was signed to Stuttgart. He mostly played with the reserve team before knocking around with a couple of like two Bundesliga, regional liga as a second and third division teams in Germany. Basically, uh, he he kept getting sent over to a new team, and they put him in the reserves. You can check all this out in his Wikipedia profile. But point is, he is not. Ha- he played something like. 39 games between 2005 and 2013. In his defense, when he moved to Norway, he saw much more time over the last two years. Right. He was with a team called Valeranga. Bingo! Right, exactly. So he he, he did see more time and um, I don't... When I first saw the news, like, 31-year-old Austrian signs for Tampa Bay, I was like, is this guy going to start? I would hope not, given his experience. I think Matt Pickens is probably still a better bet pretty safe with that i think so yeah we talked about the sun coast a little bit we talked about freddie adu um in other florida soccer news this is to the shock of nobody but the fort lauderdale strikers have signed julius james after he played three games with them in that cup uh the florida invitation or whatever it's called the super happy fun fun florida cup um yeah he started three games for them and now he signed with them fantastic the end yep fc edmonton signed a guy named adam eckersley who played with one of their players in Manchester United's youth team, actually. They came through the academy together. Richie Jones, uh, who's at, been at FC Edmonton, and Adam Eckersley played together. There's a cool little video where they, like, combined. <laughs> it was just posted on, on uh, Twitter, uh, which is pretty cool. He's a, he's a left back. He's spent time at Arhas. Arhas. And uh, Arhas. Na, 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 na. What's that song? Our house. You nailed it. Yeah, there you I go. think that's all I really know. In the middle of the street, that's all I know. There you go. And he played with Hearts of Midlothian, which is my favorite uh, soccer team name in the entire world. He, he, But he's basically kicked around, I think, in the Scottish Championship, their second division, not the Premiership over there. So he's coming over, kind of intriguing. He's 30. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Yep. And this was the press release we talked about where Michael Nani probably found out for the first time that he'd been cut. Actually, they probably wanted to do a... Um, separate press release for Michael Noni, but the the head of uh, my, the owner of FC Edmonton went to the PR guy and says there's no need to uh, to make a separate That's press a release for Noni. that one was a stretch good <laughs> lord uh, let's close out in Miami let's let's retire in Miami shall we <laughs> alright let's make this a trend can we always finish off with Miami news just retire with them. Yeah, let's I always retire in Miami alright so they signed a Cuban international Jorge Luis Corrales who was at the 2015 Gold Cup with Cuba and he didn't defect during the tournament okay it's not meant to be like everyone else defected but the point is like there were these high profile articles mm-hmm. about I think it was like four or five guys defecting when the team came over to the US for the for the Gold yeah, Cup yeah that's right and Corrales wasn't among those guys as a high profile defection he played in the final game that Cuba played against Mexico the point is though he ended up by December playing in an amateur team in Miami with a bunch of those same defectors. So what happened? Cuba has only recently started thinking about letting some of its guys sign contracts in Liga MX. We saw a news article about that very recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, Corrales isn't mentioned as one of those guys. He's mentioned in that article as being with Miami, but there's no explanation of how he ended up in the U.S. So 
I'm not saying he's defected, okay? That that's a really loaded topic. I don't know. Um he might be here legally, but the point is nobody has sat come on and said it publicly. Um just my kind of ears were perked by this information. He did play against the Cosmos when they visited Cuba last year, which is kind of interesting kind of circle of life situation. Huh. He's also a trialist for um for Miami and he was signed through that. There you go. And of course, huge Cuban community, Miami, obviously. So yep. so this is great. This is really cool. Although yep. I don't know, I mean if if he was officially here though, would that be something that the the the, the Cuban community might dislike? Because they don't like some of the normalization of relations until the Castro or post Castro Castro regime is gone. I think that the fact that he represented Cuba in this past summer's tournament's gonna mean something about him being an authentic Cuban. You know, and I think that's kind of what you were getting at. Um, so I I am in zero position to speculate on whether or not the community will be welcoming him. I would You're not so. an expert in Cuban American relations, Believe Jeff. It or not. What the hell did I bring you on this show for? I know we, I've been prepping my whole time on this podcast just for that. Um, so there you go. I like some Cuban drinks, though. Uh, they did sign a few. Um, other players, one who actually played his collegiate ball at the Miami FC stadium at Florida International University. Florida Inter-Miami University. No, it's, it's International <laughs> University. FIU. Yeah, he, uh, his name's Roberto Altiero. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he, he played at Caracas FC too, which is in Venezuela. The, I think he, we went pro at like 14 or something like that. He played like a few games. Yeah, the only thing that I really was intrigued by when I was looking him up is the fact that yesterday he made a Twitter plea. So, um, congratulations to Sidney LaRue and Dom Dwyer. Yeah. Because we haven't talked about that yet. Um, he tweeted at Dom Dwyer and Sidney, Sidney LaRue that they should name their kid Roberto. If I was to have a child, Twitter is where I would take suggestions oh, no for the kid's name. That is um, fantastic. That's why I have named my future child Moneybags Longcock. Uh, wow. the, Miami FC also added two players, twins in fact. Hey! hey. Uh, their names are Juan and Amal. And if you've seen one, you've seen Amal. Night, <laughs> everybody. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be here all night. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I think it's impressive that Jeff isn't heckling me at this point. I'm doing my best, man. I think it's the Michters. I'm back to Michters, that's why, because we want sponsorship money. So they added some twins, Connor and Calvin Resende, who... They Resende the fact that they were announced together. Just (laughs) stop. They they left. Actually, I know that's not true, because the picture of them, uh, the headline that Miami FC put out is, Miami FC Inc.'s Determined Twin Brothers, and the picture of them is their arms around one another with thumbs up from each of them, so they just look like stock photos for a university. It's amazing. The university that they went to is the University of Virginia. They left after their first season there to pursue pursue some careers in Europe and came back to Miami. Welcome to Miami. Exactly. So, uh, second set of twins that I know of playing in an ASL after uh, the the men die. The men die. The men die. Uh, well, anyway, this is the end of uh, end of another action packed offcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, of course, to rate us on iTunes if that's where you listen. Send us some comments and ratings on SoundCloud if you so wish. Of course, you can tweet us um, all sorts of stuff, suggestions for baby names, uh, other pictures of other knockoff Ronaldinho's, whatever you want to do. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Our Twitter account is obviously at. TWO United fans. I always spell that out because you need my type number two. You said the number two, yeah. Right. I'm also at Lockstock Spock. And Jeff, where can they find you on Twitter? 
at Jeff Reuter, J-E-F-F-R-U-E-T-E-R. Wait, you're not Jake? What? Okay. The entire pod. <laughs> that joke is getting too old. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight. Have a great rest of your day. Hail Emperor Trump. Mm-hmm.